Welcome back to the 10-week pro wrestling crash course. Eight weeks in and I haven't figured out the name. My name yeah, is Jeff. Yeah, but that time it was good. That time it was good, Jeff. Thank you. My He's name Jeff. is Jeff. <laughs> I'm Jeff. Me. The lifelong wrestling fan. Over there, that's Elliot. He's a wrestling know-nothing. I'm getting there, though, I think. A little bit. I'll On this podcast, what. I've taken 10 weeks to make Elliot a wrestling fan. And uh, we're eight weeks in. And uh, how you feeling? Man, do I want to call myself a fan of the genre? Ooh, is that fair? Genre? I mean, this is like a genre to me, right? It, uh, no, it's not a genre. There is yeah, no entertainment. It's like a, like sports entertainment. Yeah, but that's like it's genre thing. Like I think of this a lot. Like it, people who are into football are into football. That's their their thing, right? Or genre. It's like a Which, genre. Is football of a genre of sport? Yeah, it's a it's a genre oh, okay. of entertainment. I don't know what I'm. You've really taken my idea and just shitting all over, which I really Completely. appreciate. A hey, minute in, that's great. Here's it's the good. thing, though, that you know. I get what Mark's talking about, about no, here's when what he you, texts what, me. I get it now. Here's what you can know, though, is when I say your idea is good, then you can know it's good. Oh. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. he's going to give it to me straight. He's going to tell me when it's that's a shit right. idea. That's true. But if I tell you all your ideas are great, then that's you can't true. believe anything I say. That's true. Because none of them are. Anyway, welcome to the pod. Uh, that was a jab that was uncalled for. It was, uh, and I'm still waiting for an apology. Okay, yeah. we'll just sit here and wait till that happens. Great. Good, nothing like silence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this week, our word of the week is receipt. Much like receipt. when you go to the grocery store, you pay for something, you get yourself a receipt can often take those items back and return them or exchange them for other goods and services. What do you, you think a receipt means? Oh, well, I'll tell you who didn't get a receipt was that Spanish telecast. <laughs> <laughs> I your... love I love that I know that joke now. I love it, and I love watching it play out now. Yeah, I was thinking that would happen. I'll be, here comes the Spanish announce table. <laughs> sure enough. Receipt. Is it about the match? Is a receipt about the match? No, it doesn't necessarily reply to this match, but you used it in the correct context. The Spanish announce table uh, does not give out any receipts. Hmm. They don't give out I don't I don't know why they wouldn't give out any receipts. Right. So a receipt, yeah. you're not gonna guess it. Let's say you and I are wrestling and we're doing a wrestling match, and I let you have it one time. Like a real solid, real punch. Okay. So at that point, you owe me a receipt. Ah. And you're going to punch me back. <laughs> um, and it's kind of one of my the more fun words because a lot of times I, what I like about it is when you hear some of them talk about it, it'll be like, yeah, I deserve that receipt, you know, or I'm going to give him his receipt. And it's never, uh, when they talk about it like that, it's never really taken like negatively, you know, it's okay. this thing where it's like, yeah. I had that coming, you know, but it's like if you slip up and hit someone, hey, no big deal. It happens. But look out for your receipt. Any uh, famous, any famous uh, incidents that come to mind to you that you can oh, think of? Oh, God. Well, any really good is, ones, amusing ones? Not really a receipt, but the first one that comes to mind is Antonio Inoki, who is essentially like the Japanese Ric Flair. Okay. That's as best as I could put it. Um, he was wrestling this fat guy. I, I don't even know. Like, he sucks. But Anoki's like, doing his work on him, and the guy is no-selling. 
Um, you know what that means? Right. He's just not doing it. He's just t- he's yeah. pretending it doesn't hurt or, yeah. you know, not. And most of the time it's not supposed to. Right. But you sell it to make it look like it hurts and he's not doing it. So Anogi's like, OK, and then just beats the shit out of this guy. <laughs> um, OK. Yeah. Antonio Anoki is not someone to play with, um, but that's the closest I can think of right now. But most of the time they're just kind of. Um, Ah, there was a woman's match between Nia Jax and Char- Charlotte Flair that felt like there were some pretty good receipts in there. Anyway, uh, you can look that up in your own time, but I think that's a fun word, uh, and it's one yeah, that that's one. we haven't used before. Uh, so we did watch uh, a match this week, Triple H versus Steve Austin in No Way Out 2001, and I th- they called it the three... I call it the three stages of hell. They call it something else. Um yeah, it's, I don't remember now. Yeah, it's still three stages of hell. Basically, you have a, a two out of three falls match. Each match has its own escalating stipulation. Um, and in this case, the first match was a typical wrestling match. Our second match was going to be a no holds barred. Which really should be the third, right? <laughs> like, we really shouldn't like go in the middle with, with all no well, holds. Well, here's the thing is that, yes... The second bout in this is definitely the strongest. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, Uh, but the third bout is a steel cage, and in the steel cage, it's basically the same thing. They can still use all their weapons and shit. (laughs) Uh, So it's essentially the same thing, but with a steel cage. Yeah, no escape, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, Austin... uh, You are, of course, familiar with... uh, And I'm familiar with, super familiar with Triple H, too, because I... I remember the him and uh, the Stephanie McMahon stuff when it first started was like really big. Oh, like it was I remember good. it boiling over into like into me noticing it. Yeah, um, because it, it, they weren't really together at the beginning, right? Like they were fake together, and then they actually got together together. Yeah, yeah, right? they're married to this day. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah. It's they call that uh, working yourself into a shoot. Um, okay, <laughs> although. So, of course, we said work is when it's part of the story, you're doing a work or you're pretending something's real. And a shoot is when something becomes real. And so they were pretending to be in love and then they fell in love and got married. Uh, Another time is uh, this guy who was running a wrestling company booked uh, his wife cheating on him with another guy. Oh, and, and then, then they ended up. Happened. That's ooh, that's yeah. Less no, that's a story game. that gets real nasty real fast. But we aren't going there. Uh, but that's kind of what happened. Uh, but uh, I loved that storyline. The classic when he marries her. Have you heard or seen anything about it? You know, I saw some interview with between the two of them that they did, where they were kind of talking about how she was like not super into him in the beginning, and it just kind of like his oh, I'm talking charm. about their kayfabe marriage. Oh no, not no. I I was it. There was stuff with Vince and then the brother too, and Stephanie all at the same time, right? And There's like, all kinds kinda, of stuff. I mean, yeah. Then this era, this late '90s, 2000, early 2000 era, is the peak of soap opera wrestling right yeah people have been calling wrestling the male soap opera for a long time but it's really this era in the wwe where it's peak soap opera like the shit is insane so well even, so where did you drop off where did you drop off right and get about back here. on okay so was, i fell what off was it was it the soap opera aspect that just got too much or no well i had already jumped off the wwf ship 
Um, so I was a big WWF fan and then I turned, uh, like, no, well, when did I, no, I was a WWF fan until about 97. Okay. And, and so like 96 is kind of like their worst year as far as like creative. And I think I fell off in that era. Okay. And then, but all my friends were like, dude, WCW is where all those guys you used to watch are. Mr. Perfect, Razor Ramon, Diesel, Hogan. I never really liked Hogan, but they're all over there. So I'm like, I'll watch that. And so I watched WCW. And then um, actually at the uh, January 99, um, there's something called the finger poke of doom. That sort of a lot of people uh, signifies the beginning of the end for WCW. Okay. Um, where it was just a bad piece of booking that apparently people think is so bad it ruined the company. And it was about that time that I fell off. I was like, all right, that's enough. It was like, you know, the NWO story was huge for its time. And it just right. kind of, at that point, you're like, oh, this is just never going to end. They're just going to keep doing NWO because they don't know how to do anything else. And so it was about um, early 99 where I kind of fell off um, okay. and then ended. So most of the 2000 I was out, 2001 up till 2007. Uh, what brought you back then? Uh, working for the cable company and getting free cable. Oh, yeah. yeah so I was great. like, oh, I yeah. can watch it now. Uh, and about that time they had uh, WWE 24-7, which was an on-demand and at the time, oh man, on yeah, demand was amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right nowadays, you can watch anything you want at any time. But on demand was like, you can watch a selection of things, and yeah. that kind of being able to go back and watch the old stuff made me want to watch the new stuff, and that's how I got back into it around 07. Yeah. So this I was out of. I knew okay. Triple H around this time had an insanely long run on top. He was like their top guy. Really, it kind of starts just after this, like 2002 okay. and beyond. Um, but this is right before WrestleMania 17, which was the WrestleMania with the TLC 2. Okay. Uh, Steve Austin has won the Royal Rumble, so he has a match at WrestleMania against whoever the champion will be. And in this case, it's going to be The Rock when they oh, get there. Okay. So going into this match, who did you think was going to win? I thought Triple H, um, just because he seemed like the good guy of the two, um, he seemed, they kind of, it seemed like they were kind of giving him more of a storyline to kind of focus on yeah, um, than, uh, than Steve Austin. So, unlike normal, I normally know who's going to win these things because they're oh, matches yeah, from my past. Right. I didn't know, however, I, I theorized, because he had won the Royal Rumble, and he was going to wrestle the rock at WrestleMania that he was going to win this match to make him appear strong. Uh. And that's kind of the typical booking you get. Um, and yet, I, so I was surprised by the finish uh, yeah. a, a little bit. I was like, Oh, oh okay. But it didn't have him looking weak. Like it was just, no. a, um, hell uh, no. God, this match is ridiculous. Yeah. So this match was selected by Rick, your brother-in-law. Yeah, we got to start giving him credit because now he's going on Twitter and like talking. Yeah, about I crazy. saw that. I, we got to really stop that. I so. liked and retweeted it. Hey, Rick. Oh, yeah. yeah I just perpetuated the problem because yeah. here's the deal. I don't live in the same state as him. You have to yeah. deal with it. I not work me. With him. Yeah. <laughs> Rick is the best person. Full oh, stop. Ugh. All right. 
Now the, he's definitely the evil twin. I definitely married the good twin and definitely worked uh, with the evil one. Gotcha. Yeah. Either way, you get to deal with it. So um let's talk about you mentioned you said you kind of picked Triple H because you felt like he was the good guy in the match, right? He was the yeah, face. He, he se- yeah, it seemed like that. And Austin was the the heel. So flip that and reverse it because but here's the problem. So these both are kind of almost like what they call tweeners. Okay. Which are people who are not good nor yeah, bad. They're just yeah, kind of yeah, in yeah. this gray area. And the, the 2000s, the early 2000s are kind of known for that. But Austin is the baby face. Yeah, and that's crazy to me. Triple H is the heel. But did you catch like the opening like build? They talk about what happened leading into this match. Yeah, refresh my memory because it's actually been two days and I have been sick. So I, I'm kind of hazy on it. But I watch. I actually I- watch almost all of this. Oh really? Yeah, because that, that, the next the the final fight was Rock and um, Kurt somebody. Angle. Yeah, Kurt Angle, and I Kurt watched Angle's that too. Legit, he's awesome. I, I watched that because I was like, oh, The Rock. I I've been so my wife and I have been going through all of the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, we, we bought them at Target on a whim. Like there was a nine movie pack, you know. Had you not seen them? No. Well, so we had each of us had seen like a couple of different ones. Oh God, where are right? you? Uh, we just finished it actually last week, so we've oh, now watched yeah. all of them, and we've watched Hobbs and Shaw. We watched them um, in the timeline order, not the theatrical order. Oh, really? Yeah, so because um, uh, Tokyo Drift takes place like between yeah. seven and eight or some shit, which yeah. doesn't make sense because people got flip phones and Han looks super young and he's banging super like different women than Gal Gadot, and you know, yeah. it's very amusing. It doesn't make sense. That's yeah, but- and no one dies. Everyone comes back, but um, but the Rock is in it, obviously. Um, Man. and so I watched. I literally watched. Awesome. The, the fight because of the rock and i was like oh, i've been watching a lot check of it did you cry at the end of seven uh no seven actually no seven i liked eight seven's i did my not favorite. like seven's pretty yeah seven's that's good. the one with the, the the paul walker tribute yeah that's so tessa did yeah tessa definitely did cry at the she's end of the that. man of the bunch she definitely I did was too. like um, ah, it's very it emotional. Sad. It's very yeah. All you right, definitely shut s- up. Let's get back to wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so saying, I, I watched. That's why I watched the the Rock fight because I've been watching a lot of the Rock, <laughs> a lot of Dwayne, um, these days. Um, yeah. What was my line of thought before I got onto? I, it's, that's my problem. I see. I, I'm. Tainted. You said you'd watch the whole show, but I'd asked if you'd watch the preamble. Yeah, I did the watch match. the preamble. Um, because most of the time when you give me like a hey, the match starts here. It actually starts a little later, um, but I, I we were watching on Peacock, and you can kind of tell where the match starts and ends because of where the commercial breaks are. Yeah. So I just started at that at that commercial break because um, the entire match is like the the whole match is like I don't know a third two uh, over yeah. a third of 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 the whole thing. So it's a it's a super long fight, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's two out of three I mean, falls. Yeah. So. But um. So the we're talking about what the heel and the face. So the the preamble is they do the contract signing, which is kind of classic oh, right, wrestling. Yeah. And uh, you know, on the contract, it's like once you've signed it, you can't touch each other, otherwise you'll be suspended and you'll get fined. So once you sign the contract, you can't beat each other up. So they both sign the contract, and Triple H immediately beats up Austin. And McMahon's like, I, I got to fire. I got to suspend you. Like I said, and he's like, but look, I didn't sign it yet. And then he signs it, which I love. Oh, yeah. That's the wrestling <laughs> logic. I love. I love that shit. Um, you know, and so now Austin, 
He's like, I can't get my revenge. So fucking baby face Austin decides, since I can't beat you up, I'm going to beat up your wife. And he stuns oh. Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> That's true. And like, yeah. I'm like, oh. He's the good. He's the good guy, folks. Um, yeah, maybe get- that's why I I assumed that. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's probably and- why I was like, oh, he can't be the right. And but he so also Chip- doesn't look like a baby face to me. Whenever I think of baby faces, I always think of like super clean shaven, not oh, rough around yeah. the edges, kind of Superman vibes, you know, Clark Kent vibes. I guess is what I always kind of assume, which I, I probably shouldn't. So Stephanie is one of like the most hated people and it's because of her heel work. She's brilliant as uh, a heel. And so that's why when she gets stunned, everyone's like, hell yeah, because they hate her. You know, she's the princess that inherits everything. She gets whatever she wants because her dad is the, you know, and they play into that and, you know, it it works. Uh, uh, Anyway, I just thought that was funny. So the any thoughts just in general on the match you, you watch the whole thing you know obviously you know if it's going to go three rounds it's going to go three. you know if there's a three round option like you said last time it's definitely going to go three rounds so I, again I, i've I knew never was- seen if anyone listening wants to link me a professional wrestling match in a major company not something on the indies that is two out of three falls and ends in two send it to me because i don't know that it's ever happened yeah. So I knew who was going to win that second fall, but I just kept waiting for Triple H to win it, you know? Yeah. Like I just kept and they it looked like it was going to happen and then like this gets brought out and then it looks like it's going to happen and then this gets brought out. Um so that second match I kind of I thought it would be kind of like a quicker match just to get to the third one and that would be the crazy one. But man, match 2 is just like insane. That's where the shit is, man. Yeah, the first one was fine. You know, I, I'm I'm into it. it. You're watching it. It looks, it's normal. You know, it's what I kind of expect. Nothing like crazy is happening. But holy shit, that second one. You can tell they're already like tired as hell. But they just, the chairs come out and you're like, oh, that's what I'm talking about. And then I think it's Steve that brings the, the ringing bell in. Yeah. Um, and which, the barbed wire bat. And the barbed wire. <laughs> Triple H brings in a damn sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, it, the the weapon just got crazier and crazier, and I was like, "Oh, a sledgehammer! That's how you murder a person." Yes, like, that's how you murder people. That's how you even accidentally murder somebody doing this because uh, I, that's a real sledgehammer, right? Uh, like that's probably uh, at that's worst, why it's he like holds a, it because yeah. if it were a gimmicked one, he would have swung it like a sledgehammer. But I think it's a real one because when he does connect, his hand is over the heavy part, right? And he leads with it, and so Triple H delivers it safely. Where if it were fake, then you could swing it like the times you see someone beat someone with a crowbar, you know it's fake because like it comes back and the crowbar, yeah, it kind of wiggles flopping a around, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even those chairs, I was like, the one the one chair, like, after he's, I think it's Steve Austin beats him over the head with it. It's, like, bent, and you can see it. I'm like, damn, that's, like, really taking some, some hits. So, that second match, man, I don't know how they had any energy left for a third match. Well, and I think that helps, like, because they did work a slower match in the third one. and yeah. But they're selling it as, hey, we're worn out. You watched a hellacious match. And as a... And for me, as the viewer, I'm like, yeah, no wonder you're moving slow, right? You know, you're, oh, yeah. you're both bleeding everywhere, and um, 
Yeah, the bleeding thing was interesting because uh, I thought, man, they really brought that up in early, and it only got worse as the match progressed. Which I so before <laughs> I did you notice? So you know that blading is a thing, and there's a moment where you kind of see one of them putting their blade away. Oh no, I did not catch that. So at the end of the match, and it happens after the match is over. But, like, you can see Triple H isn't really bleeding anymore. It's kind of, you know, done mm-hmm. what blood is supposed to do and healed over. And, you know, they cut to the replay. And when they come back, you can see Triple H kind of scratching his forehead with his hand. You can't really see the what. And then you see him reach and put something in his tights. I'm like, why are you doing that? He's clearly blading, cameraman. And yeah, then, of course, he turns that. over. He's like, oh, I'm bleeding more. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> did not go catch back that. and watch after the replay, the recap, you'll okay. see him kind of wiping his forehead and then Maybe putting I, something yeah. in his trunks. Um, no, I didn't. But I had I assumed that the blading for Steve happened when he kind of fell over the normal podium um, of, of the two the two guys call in the match. Yeah, because um, he's he kind of hanging out over yeah. the edge, uh, much like he was when Brett bladed him, um, kind of over there behind the, the announcers where the cameras can't see. So, uh, How I, much I, do you think the announcers knew about, well, obviously, like, the one guy had the sledgehammer underneath his side of the table. Well, and he was, I like, loved the commentary I on this too. match. Um, of course, for those that don't know, it's classic. It's JR and the King. And if you grew up in the Attitude Era, these are your guys. Um, and they they do a pretty great job. Uh, Ross doesn't get too annoying. Like when the sledgehammer comes out, he kind of, he's like, oh, damn it, that's a human being, which I guess a real person <laughs> yeah. would do. But I'm like, ah, you know, yeah. take it easy. Um, but I like the whole thing where King was like, did you put that there? Yeah. <laughs> and, he's like, no, of course. Did you bring I that out know. for Austin? I know you did. Yeah. Because um, one of the things is that JR had been beat up by Triple H as uh, repercussions right. for uh, his own wife being beaten up. And, you know, frankly, seems fair. Yeah, that's that's the other thing that they brought up in the beginning, too, because you see him. One of them gets he gets um, stunned or whatever. Right. Whatever right. That move is called. Um, yeah. that. So another thing was I, I noticed that like um, Triple H kept trying to use the same move on Steve where he puts the, pulls his the arms. Pedigree. It, it, yeah, the pedigree. Yeah. Is that his, his like finisher, signature? Yeah. 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 He pedigrees him quite often. <laughs> Yeah, so this is about the time where, and I don't particularly like this, but finishing moves are sort of being the thing that people kick out of. And it's mm. like, because that's what makes a good match, the kick out of the finishers. You know, you're you're what they call a false finish, where you're expecting, oh, that's the end. And then it's not, oh, you know, I kind of right. am like, one of the things about finishers to me is like, matches always have to end on a finisher. And... I think that wrestling could be better if it if you didn't have that, right? Because now there's this indicator or, you know, it's kind of fun to be surprised where maybe if it's a big power move, you know, they end on that. That's why this finish actually was a little bit surprising because it, 
was not a big power one of their finishing moves. You I know, thought it was but, a great ending, though. I really thought oh, yeah. it was a, a perfect ending to this match of them just being so exhausted that they basically knock themselves out. And are yeah, it reminds to me just... of Step Brothers. Anyway, <laughs> um, so the first match is a regular match, and like you said, it's fine and on its own in a bubble. It's nothing special. It's like a three star match. It's just fine. And yeah. then the second fall is like 20 minutes long. It takes up, I would say, probably two thirds of the match. Uh, and the last third is split between the other two falls. And it's every weapon in the ring, outside of the ring. This is when they start blading and bleeding everywhere. So Austin took the first match. So the story is, is that Triple H is the wrestler. He's the guy who can win a normal ass wrestling match. And right. that Austin, he's the brawler. He's the guy he'll win the no holds barred match. You know, and of course they flip it on its head, right? They each win the other specialty. Here's the thing. Triple H's best matches in his, like if you go back in his career, are all hardcore. They're okay. all weapons-based matches. They just, he, it's better. He's just better doing that. Yeah, To me, like guys like Flair, and and Brett and Shawn Michaels, they can put on a wrestling match. They don't need weapons. Triple H needs weapons. And when he gets them, the shit's spectacular. He's really good at it. But without it, it's fine. Uh, so I find of found that interesting that he, that's how they were pitching him as the wrestler. When to me, he's a much better cheating kind of guy, hmm. like brutal, vicious guy. Okay. Yeah, I, like I said, it just like escalates from one to the next. At one point, they're grabbing the chair or the stairs, the metal stairs, where I'm like, "Oh, this is fantastic!" I, Gotta I'm, love. The I stairs. mean, the whole that whole second match, I'm super entertained. I don't even I was notice. Like, so I'm on the fence a little bit. I'm like, eh, you know, okay. I've seen a billion matches in my lifetime, but the moment where I sit up and go, "Okay, here we go," and I. I put my phone down and I this I'm watching the match now is the the back body drop through the Spanish announce table yeah yes I yeah. I was like okay I'm on board um you know Triple H is is trying to do the pedigree on the English announce table and yeah. Austin lifts him up dumps him through the Spanish announce table you know yeah that's a great that, yeah, that was fantastic because they even did that in the ring too, where one of them pushes or does something like that, which I was like super impressed by. Yeah, uh, and they get back in the ring. They even do a false finish where he finally hits him with the. Uh, so we know Triple H has to win this second match, right? We know he's right. going to, yeah, yeah, because he's down one fall, and he does the sledgehammer move, and. Then he does the pedigree, and that finally gets some ice. But I, I like the setup of uh, him finally using the sledgehammer. He doesn't overdo it, um, and it, of course, leads to a win. And what I love in these, uh, they still do this, is when the cage comes down, you get that music. You're like, oh, hell yeah, here we go. Yeah, it's a cool feeling for sure. And I, I, I really like it in these three stages matches, which we don't get that often is because there's already chaos in the ring and right. they're lowering the cage around it. I'm like, yes, this is good. Like it's the stuff that makes a wrestling fan happy. 
Yeah, you know, I as much as I love the chairs and the ladders and the tables, the the barbed wire bat and the sledgehammer don't do a whole lot for me. Yeah. Because they're limited, right? You're really limited. You're like, oh, I'm going to take the bat with the barbed wire and just push it on your face for a minute. And I get that they're probably like, you know, trying to build up more energy to do other crazy shit, which is what happens. But it's just kind of like, oh, you can't really do much, you know, you know, unless you're going to cut them with it. And, you know, you can't really do much with a sledgehammer because, like, realistically, like, you just... You'd kill a guy. You could slip and just trip and hit your head on it and you're just, you know... Oh. You know what so, I mean. Well... I'm reminded of another wrestling match where they had a bat. And I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. It was Eddie Edwards and someone else. Um, and Eddie Edwards is laying on the ground. And Sammy Callahan was the other guy. And he has a bat. And I guess he's supposed to hit the chair. But he just doesn't. And he hits Eddie Edwards directly in the face with a real baseball bat. Wow. It went about as well as you expected. Yeah. yeah anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, stupid. like that's just crazy to me. Where you're, I yeah. I, and again, I, I I don't really. I mean, I like these kind of matches, but they're not my favorite, right? They're right. I give me the one on one match. Tell me a, a story with your wrestling because, to me, those are what the best guys do, right? And like I said, Triple H needs these gimmicks he needs the weapons to tell the stories he's capable of telling and that sounds like a backhanded compliment but it's true like but when i watch sean and we're gonna get to sean michaels in week 10 the man can wrestle they the, the old adage is he could wrestle a broomstick and it would be the best match of the night like he's just that good yeah and that's the stuff that i grew to love like after a while i'm like this is the shit i like when it's you're telling that story the fans are into it and we'll get there um so this match ends with triple h and then the cage comes down and so now they're brawling a lot slower but we kind of buy it right they're i totally buy it right yeah yeah they're just you know they find the energy to to you know get out of the hole at just the right second yeah, how did you feel about the third fall? Were, were you still on board at this yeah, point? Yeah, I'm still on board. I'm still on board. Um, I thought, I, yeah, it was slower, but I then, like, it felt more natural, more realistic, I guess, in that sense. They where, had earned your attention. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's that's definitely the right way of putting it. Um, I, I wasn't sure, really, at that point who was going to win, you know, because I thought, oh, maybe, you know, it really is up in the air to me at that point. Um, yeah, um... You know, the they there was a lot of like finish style moves like jumping on top of each other or like slamming. I think is it Steve Austin who gets slammed into chairs like three or four times. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, damn. Um, so, yeah, I this one was a little slower, but it didn't like. Yeah, I, it felt it felt more. It felt real. I felt like I was, you know, watching. It. I was enjoying the whole thing. Um, I liked it. Like I said, I thought the ending was was probably the best way to, to have ended it. It made the most sense. And then the after, you know. Oh, yeah. Match, you know. Uh, I don't know what you call that. Shenanigans. Yeah, there you go. Was um, yeah. so not finish, unexpected. So the anyone who's ever watched anything Steve Austin knows that that's coming. Um, the finish of this match is um, Austin has the barbed wire bat. 
Triple H has the sledgehammer, and they both hit each other at the same time, knocking one another out. But Triple H falls second and lands on top of Austin. <laughs> His butt is so close to Austin's face. Poor Austin. The whole time I was like, oh, I bet he's got to apologize after that. Like, I know it's got to be, they're, A, they're so super sweaty, and they're just right. laying on each other. His butt is just like inches from his face, and I was like, oh, man, you just, he sat there for so long. So long with his butt is where you're like, man, uh, I, I found it comical in, in that sense because you're just like, man, these guys, A, have to be just so tired. And <laughs> then he's just like, here's my like leathery butt right, right next to your face. At least it's toned. That's um, true. Yeah, very true. There is a wrestler by the name of Rikishi who did a finishing move. Well, it's never finished anyone, but it was called the Stink Face. <laughs> and basically, he's a big fat guy. And his, it wasn't quite a thong, but it was kind of a thong. Um, And uh, he would just put his butt in people's faces. And if he didn't like you, he wouldn't shower before the match. Oh, Yeah, he's gross. That's just yeah. fucked. <laughs> like, that's the nastiest shit. Throw me through a table, but don't do that. Um, I, I think that's been my one of my biggest drawbacks to getting into wrestling when I look at it just from the peripheral, the outside. I'm like, oh, they're just like wearing like speedos and they're just like sweating and throwing each other all over. I'm like, uh, that's just kind of like crazy. Why is to me. that the turn? Because to be honest, like the the trunks and the gear they wear makes sense if in a in yeah. a wrestling sense in UFC earlier at the time, you know. That's the sort of stuff that Ken Shamrock would wear. Like the things that don't make sense is Erwin R. Scheister in a full suit. Yeah, but I, uh, that's I, that's why I think I kind of like or yeah. like even ran, uh, Macho Man. Like he just he's so like crazy looking. Like you know those outfits yeah. are just they don't even Ric Flair. You know the stuff he wears that comes out and you're like oh, oh he does this simple you know yeah. Well, I think this era too is trying to differentiate itself from the big colorful you know because at the before yeah. this wwe was big colorful guys you know bret hart wore the yeah. pink and black and everybody had an occupation that they were you know and so this is definitely kind of getting away from that everyone's wearing darker colors you know there's a guy in the stands who's dressed up as triple h when triple h is out of the ring which is denim jeans and a denim vest with a yeah. black shirt, you know, it's like just kind of normal. Um, and actually, a lot of that was popularized in WCW. They kind of like started the whole thing where they'd bring over guys like Razor Ramon, who would wear like gold chains and like purple tights and have razors and stuff on him. And now he's just coming out in jeans and, you know, he's got trunks with just his name on it. And it kind of like, I guess people kind of bought it as more real. And you I know, will say guys it's, like me were, were matured into wanting something like that as opposed to everybody is an right. occupation. I know it's not like a classic look because classic is like the colorful, but it is it does look like more slick to just be like, oh, I'm wearing my my knee braces and my knee pads or whatever, my like fingerless gloves. And then like, you know, it there is a look to it. Like well, I think for Goldberg, Austin specifically. Like, yeah. Or, Goldberg, yeah. Yeah. They just like that look like when I think of Goldberg, that's what I think of is just him in those. I think he's got like the gloves on and then just like the knees, the knee pads, you know, it's just 
Like he is ready to wrestle. He does look like a wrestler. Yeah. I guess Randy Savage does not look like a wrestler to me. In his earlier days, he had yeah, more. Yeah. Like and he I'm, wore really nice robes and stuff, but his trunks were, you know, pink with three stars on them. Yeah, yeah. And you know, but yeah. So there, I, I think there's always contrast, and I I get why that the this sort of more simple attire, which was interesting because the actual storytelling made up for it with his flamboyance because um, yeah. the shit was out of control. I like, like that, though. That's why I, I like that craziness. So the storyline of Triple H and Steph, their fake marriage. So she's slated, storyline-wise, to marry a guy named Test. Okay. I can't remember his real name off top. It's Andrew something, I think. And so, and I bought this a little bit because they just sell it as... They're dating, and oh, yeah. we're gonna have the wedding on TV. Hey, her dad owns the company. Why wouldn't he have the wedding on TV? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they have Test in his tux, and Stephanie comes out, who's always been one of my like crushes. So she comes out, and you know she's getting ready to marry him, and it's getting sweet. And then Triple H's music hits. And it's like, hey, before you guys uh, tie the knot, I just want to show you something. And he points up at the Titantron, which is the big screen that okay. they have near the entranceway. And it shows him with an unconscious Stephanie McMahon going to Vegas, driving through a drive through wedding thing. <laughs> and they're like, do you take this woman? He goes, yeah. And then she goes, do you take this man? He hides his face and goes, yes, I do. <laughs> and they get married that way. It's incredible. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, that it I'll made me laugh so hard because I'm like, this would, like, he just televised the fact that he drugged and kidnapped a woman. <laughs> and yet there's never any consequences. Right. They're just married. That's um, good. I Yeah. And that kind of ends the, the uh, well, that leads into a whole story where she turns out that she was actually in on it and it was a way to get revenge oh. at her dad. And it, it becomes a okay. whole thing. Yeah, I can dig that. See, like that I can get into. It's soap opera. Yeah I, yeah, I don't that, mind. Like, I don't mind a soap opera. Like, I watched a lot of nighttime soap operas when I was in high school because that's like what all the girls watched. I, I, I wrote on the school newspaper and it was literally me. Uh, one other guy, and then like seven or eight girls, yeah, right. And they all watched The OC, like they watched it every Tuesday night or whatever. So like I started watching The OC because they would come in and talk about it, and I wanted to talk to them. And some of them were kind of cute, and I wanted to get with you know. So I yep. started watching The OC, and then the next thing I know, I'm like addicted to The OC, where I'm like, oh, that's how that shit works. Bro. I know. So I, like, I can see getting into it. So that's like uh, to segue is like when I was dating my wife. Uh, she would. I was like, let's watch Shawshank. She's like, ah, she doesn't. She's not big into movies anyway, yeah. but I am, you know. And I'm like, well, what do you? What movies do you like? So we started watching Jane Austen movies. So I'm like, Psh, fine, you know, it didn't matter. I was trying to, yeah, you know, date her, and I was yeah, like, yeah, I'd yeah. watch anything with her. But about halfway there, I'm like, damn, this shit is good. Like it's okay. And, and then I watched like the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice. It's like eight hours long. Yeah. I'm like, damn, that was great. And then we watched like a two-hour version. I'm like, this is bullshit. They cut out so much. Oh, that's so good. You know, that's great. Anyway, things you it's do for like, love. Well, there, I think that you know, women have good taste in things. Like 
alcoholic beverages. Their shit all tastes delicious. Our shit tastes like puke. Yeah, that's true. You go to the thing, and, oh, look, mine has a pineapple in it, and it's big, and it's blue, and I can drink it with a straw. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that looks good. I'll have a nasty beer, please. Yeah. Yeah. I get anyway. Well, um, so Dave Meltzer, famous professional wrestling journalist, rates his the matches out of five stars. How do you rate this match? I really did enjoy it. Um, the a little slow in the beginning, um, but that second one was just that second match was great. Um, the weapons thing, uh, I'm gonna go four point eight. Really it's good. good. And it's a little long. It's a so little do you long. find now that you you you've watched several matches like this? Are, are you is the weapons gimmick starting to be like okay? I love a good chair, man. I love a good chair. Right, so you're still in on the chair. I like the chair because the, to me, the chair is just, there's just something about it. I know I sent you that meme when we first started recording um, and it was around Christmas time where uh, John Cena like opens, he gets a gift and he opens the box and there's a chair and he just smiles and holds it up. And he's just like so happy, like a kid who gets a Nintendo 64 on yeah. Christmas. I love that look. That, I, that to me, great. it's just so good. Yeah. I love that. And then I love watching it. You're just like, out of nowhere, a, a fucking random ass chair comes in. I'm like, that's great. So I yeah. love a good chair. I love a good surprise chair, you know? Um, but like the, the sledgehammer doesn't do a whole lot for me. Right. Uh, it's cool that it was real. I think that's like a whole nother skill of being able to use an actual sledgehammer in a match that's so physical. <laughs> Not murder right? someone. Yeah, because I think there's some real skill involved in that. Like you really have to have timing down and, you know, hold it the right way and not fuck up, right? Because a little fuck up is, is disastrous. I would think so. Uh, I don't think that was probably real barbed wire. It probably was, but I'm sure it didn't tickle. Um, well, so and that was kind of what I was thinking about. Some. Some people trim their barbed wire and then like the hard, like now today's hardcore wrestler is a different breed of stu of hardcore where like there's this guy, Nick Gage. He's like, people say I trim my barbed wire. I never trimmed my barbed wire once. I believe him because yeah. he's got the scars to prove it. But I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't you like, <laughs> why right. wouldn't you like wrestling is a show. I don't, actually need you to get hurt right right that, right like i'm not huge in like the the chair shots to the head and you know i'm kind of yeah, like, i'm with you on that I, I i quote bret hart from his book hitman he's like any idiot can hurt somebody i pride myself on not hurting anyone and i'm like yes yeah i get I that's feel what that. i like and um and so like any idiot can actually hurt you it doesn't take any skilled takes pain tolerance doesn't take any skill to right. cut yourself with barbed wire it takes balls i'll give you that yeah but yeah it for just sure. doesn't do it for me uh so. well there aren't any more weapons okay. from here on out buddy it's are we time doing, to do it. yeah are we doing this girls match next because i'm actually girls. kind of female hard woman sorry Fe wow uh what do i what's the <laughs> i said girls to you i feel what's like i was shouldn't have women? said it like that women yeah, yeah. females Girls? Did I mean, you call this boys? a boys match? I just watched the boys match. I did watch the boys match. Yeah, that. I guess. Well, there's kind of something like they call. That's like I call everyone dude, and some yeah, people okay. get upset about that. I'm like, oh, I just call everyone. Yeah, dude. I'm sure you won't get. Canceled, and if you walked around, but if you like walked around, like a fly on the wall all day, I do call everyone dude. Like I call yeah. my wife dude all the time. 
Okay. So it's not like a, it's just like a me thing. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. Boys, girls. I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I don't. I, mean, not, I don't mean. I don't, I don't mean care. anything by it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, some. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? We're watching women's match. We're not okay. only going to watch one though. I want you to see uh, that women's wrestling has always been capable of being good, and then I want to show you how good it's become. Uh, so we've got two matches, uh, and one of the earliest WWE matches I can find that have. Two women having a great match is uh, Alundra Blaze, who also wrestled as more pop, more well known as Medusa in various other wrestling realms. But in WWE, she was Alundra ba- Blaze, and she wrestles against Bull Nakano. Okay. And they have like a little ten minute match. I think it's just thrown in in the middle of SummerSlam. And I watched. I was just kind of rewatching pay per views. And that SummerSlam match, and I was like, damn, this is a great... They put this together in 10 minutes? I'm like, why didn't we get more of this? And so that's where they were. And where we're going is we're going to watch Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Which Sasha is, Banks is huge, right? I know her. I'm familiar with her. She yeah, was in The Mandalorian, actually. Oh, was she? Yeah, she was uh, one of The Mandalorians in, I think it was the second season, maybe end of first season. Yeah. yeah, I'm a wrestling nerd, the, not a Star Wars nerd, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, Mandalorian's been a little so sus this season so far, but that's well. There you have it. Yeah, um, but she wrestles Bailey in uh, what is considered one of the greatest women's matches. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of them now. Yeah, but this is one that I remember watching, being like, "Holy shit, here we go!" Like they are given the time and space to impress and uh, i think they do so i'll send you those links um and time stamps the the first match is on youtube it's complete with entrances so we'll watch that one um and then the sasha bailey one i'll find on peacock um so uh i think that's it for this week Uh, do you have anything you want to no yeah no we're 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 heading really uh that two weeks left yeah yeah. Do you have anything you'd like to say to Rick, who made you watch this this week? No, it was a good call. Good call, Rick. You were right. This was a good one. Um, I I didn't watch it with my wife because, like I said, I've been sick the last couple of days, so I watched it by myself. Um, but I know she would have been familiar with it um, because, like, this era was definitely her era, and uh, she she like I said is surprisingly much bigger into the wrestling than I than I thought. Yeah. So it's a little. Well, I'll have to have a conversation in a couple weeks. Yeah, I don't know what that means. And I don't want to be there for it. But I do want to be here next week when we talk about these great women's matches. Uh, We talk about uh, a little bit of the history of where women's wrestling was, where it is. um, And hopefully, well, I won't even say where it's going. It's kind of there now. Where where they're headlining WrestleManias and stuff. um, Or closing the show with women's matches now as opposed to always just men. Anyway, um, if you want to get more out of me, you can go to at podcast by Jeff on Twitter. For some reason, you could do that if you wanted. I don't know. You could also listen to the uh, movie Draft House and my other movie podcast, Spielberg Chronologically. Like I said, I'm a movie guy. Um, and Elliot uh, Gaming Nexus. Yeah, GamingNexus.com. I'm on Twitter, but I don't use Twitter because that's a it's a cesspool of degenerates at this point. 
Yeah. I mean, it wait always you, has been, but... Wait till you plug into wrestling Twitter. <laughs> oh, so when I first got into the podcasting thing, uh, you know, you're mingling with other podcasters and trying to you yeah. know, build up, and the amount of wrestling podcasts are just crazy. Well... It, there I, are so many. It's like video game podcasts. There's so well, many. yeah. And movie. Like, it, I didn't exactly. realize how big, like, the genre was... The genre was Here that you big, you know? Well, that's like I... Um, a podcast you listen to, The Weekly Planet, I was listening to it one day, and Nick Mason on that show says, you know, talking about people like, oh, why are you podcasting? There's so many out there. But he's like... There are a lot of people who know how to play guitar. That doesn't mean you shouldn't play guitar. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna make the shit I want to make. So yeah, that's that's uh, a great there's way. A, a billion wrestling podcasts. Here's one more for the pool. Um, I hope that it's a little different. Um, and you know, you know, and movie podcasts are what they are. There's a bunch of them, but they're really fun to make. And if you like movies, well, having look. a date to watch a movie and talk with a friend about it is really fun. I'll say this. We had this conversation before we started recording, but you and Eric watched Warhorse, which was a movie I had zero interest in. Absolute zero. Like I wasn't even going to listen to the episode because I was like, Oh, I haven't seen it. There's no need to listen to it. But again, didn't work the last couple of days. So I listened to it and it convinced me to watch it. And you were movie. fucking right, man. <laughs> I'll just say movie. that both of you were right. It pissed me off a little bit. Cause of these motherfuckers. They yeah. do this to me. You've done it to me twice now, too. What so, was the other one? I can't remember, but I don't want to give you the satisfaction of knowing what it is anyway. So Wow. I can tell. So you have a problem with giving people positive feedback. Oh. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what my wife says. Damn. Yeah. Interesting. Shit. Anyway, Rick's the smartest man alive, and we'll <laughs> see you next week on the 10-week pro wrestling <laughs> oh, crash course. Oh, uh.